you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. I guess if we put ourselves into that audience with the scribes and Pharisees, we might ask ourselves, do we reject or accept the word of Jesus? Put yourselves into that situation. And you might say, you know, uh, the first reading was Isaiah. He told the story. Jesus tells a parable, another story pretty much referring to Isaiah's story of the people who didn't deserve what God gave them, maybe we should think of what is our story. While we're listening to the scriptures and while we're reflecting on the homily, think of what our story could be. As we heard from Matthew, this reading and the readings following this and from the other Gospels of the last few weeks, are apocalyptic. They're, they're about the end times. The Church uses these readings in preparation for the end of the liturgical year, Christ the King. So all the readings have to do with God coming back at the end, and God wanting to know what we have done, what was our story while we were here on earth. And Jesus has those who, in his own society, in his own time, ignored him, rejected him, threatened him, killed him. What would our story be if we were there with Jesus? And what is our story today as we are listening to these readings? Let's just take a, a leap here. The, the readings are about the parables, we know, they're about gardens and planting and getting what you, what you reap and, and the end of the vineyard and so on. So let's look at that. Let's start right there with the earth. How are we handling the earth? What is our responsibility to our common home, as Pope Francis refers to the earth? What has been our responsibility as we see people disregard, completely ignore, use for their own, own selfish reasons, the gifts of the earth? Whether the gifts are the food, the actual dirt, the ocean, the air, even, even our society is now we're undergoing rethinking of, of some of the worst things that we've done to the earth and rethinking how we have polluted the earth. And where one country is watching another as we lower our stockpiles of nuclear weapons and, and so on. So the, the implication is that, you know, we're people and we've advanced in society and we pretty much did everything we could to destroy society. Oh, we have weapons, 
of mass destruction. But what do they, what do they prove? They prove that science, and we're part of the family of science, has the ability to make these things, has the ability to advance. But because science, governments, and our votes promote that, should that be our responsibility? Should that be the way we take care of what God has given us, the vineyard of, of the world that he has given us? What's our story? Should we be looking at the, the, the divide, the vast divide so often between the rich and the poor? Oh, it's easy to say, well, third world countries, they're poor, they haven't caught up, and all that nonsense. But they're here in our own society, our own streets. The divide between the rich and the poor. What has been our story regarding Jesus' philosophy and theology of loving our neighbors? And God saying to us one day, what do you have to show for it? I gave you a lot. What do you have to show for it? A big house? Oh, that's nice. A big yacht? Oh, that's even better. A big car? Oh, yeah, great, great. You taking them with you? I don't think so. So God is not looking at us to see what we can accumulate in our pockets or bank books. God is looking at us through the scriptures today to get us to appreciate what he has given us. When, when Isaiah tells the story about the tenants, they, they're in a bad way. They don't give God back what he gave them, the plantings, the fruit of the vine. So therefore, he's going to bring them to ruin and have their, and this is a metaphor, it's a song, it's a story that Isaiah gave us. He's going to have what they had been given by God destroyed. And you know as well as I do, and our Pope Francis has mentioned it more than once, and his predecessors as well, we do have the ability to destroy the whole thing. The whole world. Not you and I, but our governments and those that we support. And sometimes if we sit back apathetically, we are supporting annihilation. We are supporting poverty. We're supporting greed. Unless we as Christians stand up and do for others what God wants us to do. We currently between Texas and between Puerto Rico and between South Florida. There's so much available for us to do to give back to God as he's given us. The creation is ours. And because we have the ability to ignore what we don't want to see, it doesn't, doesn't allow us to ignore it. We're not allowed as Christians. We're signed by the blood of Jesus, to be his followers. We are not allowed to ignore the poor, the hungry, those at war. We're not permitted to do that as Christians. We need to stand up and be, and be responsible. What is our story? Well, the scriptures are very handy, among other things. Paul gives us a few guidelines today as to... How we could live our story. Now, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're going to look at your own story, 
from your childhood, whether it was successful and plentiful or dysfunctional, to the present. Our story, in light of God, is going forward. So we need to take everything into consideration, our past and our present, and go forward. And Paul gives us an encouragement, and he says, you know, folks, I, the peace of God is the only thing that we're all going after. You may not say, or consciously, we may not think we're striving for the peace of God, but that's the only peace that's going to matter. Peace of God that can reign in our hearts, families, church, parish, society, and it goes on. And Paul knew this, and he tells us it's God's peace which surpasses all understanding. So it doesn't matter how much we accumulate and how much land we have, God's peace gives us the rights and the responsibility to take care of that land. And it doesn't mean a garden, it means the earth. It doesn't mean our little patch of earth, it means respect for the environment from air to water to the neighbor. And Paul is challenging us in a very beautiful way, in a very poetic way, saying, okay, you want to you, you look at creation, you, you want to respond to this, this story and this parable, that you could be like the Pharisees and, and the, uh, the, the scribes, that Jesus told them, basically, the kingdom of God's going to be taken away from you and given to strangers who would appreciate it. Maybe it's time we should say to ourselves, hey, if I don't utilize the earth and respect it the way God gave it to me, maybe it will be taken away from us and given to another people. And there are plenty of people in the world that are not believers, they don't believe in God, but yet they have great respect for their brother and sister, the needs to take care of one another, respect for the earth, for ecology, for, for the green of our creation. So we who are people who believe that God is the creator of all of that have a great responsibility. We shouldn't be shown up by non-believers. We should work with them because on some level, if they're giving back to society through helping the poor, through feeding the hungry, they're honoring God, the creator of all people. But we as Catholics should be in the forefront and in our hearts, we go back to Paul, we should have what is honorable, pure, lovely, gracious, anything worthy of praise. Could you imagine living that way? Looking at creation and looking at our neighbors and looking at the people who are suffering any natural disaster or any medical disaster with a heart filled with graciousness, pride, purity, and justice, and, and loving even one person with this attitude in mind, what a reward we would be giving that person and receiving from God as we love, as we imitate him. Paul is pretty tied up in himself, and he says, I want you to keep on going and, and, and put into action the things you've learned from me. Well, his word got into the Holy Bible, so his word is scripture, 
So his word is the word of God. So if we have to use Paul, who was an outsider, who became an insider, by Jesus himself calling him, we can certainly look at ourselves and say, we who are baptized, whether we were baptized as infants or as adults, we who are baptized certainly have the responsibility and the honor as Christians to live with hearts that are pure, to give our best selves to God, to take care of ourselves, our own health, our own nurturing, our own social life, our own communication with other people. And then it goes beyond us. Stories filled with prophecies and stories of, of God's people. And, and Jesus refers in that parable about the, 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 son, the, the king sending his son and some servants. That's all Jesus talking about the Old Testament. When God the Father sent the prophets, two big waves of prophets came in the 6th century B.C. and the 8th century B.C. And all of those prophets were doing this pointing to God, pointing to the covenant, telling the people of Israel who were falling aside and the kings of Israel who were falling aside that they needed to go back to God and the scriptures and the books of the Holy Scriptures. That was the role of, of, of the prophets. So that's what Jesus is referring to. He's not, just, he's not just making up, oh, nice story about this king who sends guys and sends more guys and they all get... Because you read the conclusion of the story, they, he finally, God finally, the king finally sends his only son. And we have the crucifixion. The response of those who say no to God, they crucify him. What is our story? What are we saying to God through our daily lives? Are we using Paul's guidelines of purity and justice and graciousness and aiming at the peace of God within each of us and within each of your brothers and sisters. At the end of my yoga sessions, I started yoga as just restorative for my back and problems, but I've stayed with it and absorbed a lot of the philosophy of yoga. It's beautiful. It predates Christianity, as you know, from the Buddhist. There's one phrase that we use as we close the session. I approach it as a physical experience, not a spiritual, but of course, my body and soul are there. And the phrase is something I, I think Jesus would have us say to one another. It's namaste. And we do say it. What it means is, may the God in me honor the God in you. What do we say? And with your spirit. Let's share that spirit of God that is within all of us. And then write our story. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots 
being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.